0: It's me again. Welcome back. It is such a privilege to be able to spend some time with you guys. And I want to tell you a story about something that happened just recently. So I was um, listening to a podcast, a podcast I've been really enjoying lately uh, Remnant Radio. And uh, they had an interview with um, a pastor named Francis Chan. Many of you probably have heard of him. He's written some uh, well known books and uh, just a really uh, a really neat guy. I've um, never met him, but uh, I have great admiration for, for him. And um, so he was, anyways, he was introducing himself uh, at the beginning of the show. And um, he said something that really caught my attention. And I want to just share it with you. Gosh, I'm a pastor of a. I've been a pastor for 30 something years now, married for. 27 years, seven children, two grandkids, um, the happiest guy I know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. That's pretty great. I'm, I'm the happiest guy I know. That's pretty, that's pretty great. That's, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my wife asked me on our 25 year anniversary, she goes, do you know of anyone happier than us? And I go, no, she goes, me neither. She goes, I keep thinking I'll meet someone that I feel is more blessed. But she goes, I seriously feel like I know no one happier than we are. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome to hear on your 25th anniversary from your wife. Whoa. I was listening to that and I, I literally had to turn off my podcast. I had to shut it off and just think about that. And I thought... It just seemed so alien to me, so foreign, the idea of being the happiest guy I know. And I just sat there and I I thought, that's just definitely not me. And I just pondered it for a while. So I didn't have much time that evening to, to think about it too deeply. But the very next morning, I woke up. I was sitting in my bedroom just in the dark and I was just thinking about that. Being the happiest guy I know. Now, um, those of you who've listened to this podcast, you know that I've I've, I've shared with you before that I am uh, um, I've struggled with you know depression um, and emotional struggles. You know, most of my life, and uh, my my closest friends know this about me. And and uh, you know, I wrestle through it. And and uh, I think I'm I get on the upper end of it a lot of the time, but a lot of the time I'm on the on the down and um this this idea of being the happiest guy I know I just thought wow that's so different than my life and i said lord wh- why why am i not and and i and i started listing off the reasons why i so often you know sink down into grief and despair you know and there's some things in my life that are that are frustrations and disappointments and regrets and wounds and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of thought through those things. I said, you know, if if Francis Chan had those things in his life, would he still be the happiest guy he knows? And I felt like God just kind of whispered to me, you know, as a matter of fact, he would. And I just thought, you know, I believe that. I believe that Chan is not the happiest guy he knows because of all these easy, comfortable things in his life. I get the sense that there's something deeper for him. And I thought, wow, Lord, would that be even possible for me? I mean, is that something that's even, you know, remotely possible? Could I someday become the happiest guy I know? I I, I started imagining myself a year from now, my next anniversary. What would be like if my wife turned to me and she said, you know, you're the, you're the happiest guy I know. <laughs> that's that's just that'd be unheard of. I mean, that's just so. That's just so impossible. And yet, at that moment, I started wondering, Lord, is this possible? Is it possible? Is it even on the table? And I kind of felt like God was just sitting there, just kind of looking at me across the table and just smiling and saying, I don't know, are you interested? (laughs) I'm like, are you really offering this to me? So that was kind of my prayer. But it was time for my Bible study, because I like to have Bible study in the morning. So I went down, and I sat down, and I've been going through the book of Romans. And I opened up the book of Romans, and I opened up to the bookmark of the spot where I had left off the day before. And I want to read to you the very first verse that came up in my Bible reading for that morning, Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. I stared at that verse. I just stared and tears came to my eyes. It's like, Lord, you are like, I just asked you four minutes ago, could I be filled with joy? Because that's what being the happiest man is to me. It's If you have the God of hope filling you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you overflow in hope, Is that not sound like the happiest condition you could possibly be in, right? I mean, if, I, okay, let's throw away, if the, if the word happy bugs you, throw it away. And substitute the word most joyful person you know, the most hopeful person you know, the most peace-filled person you know. That's what I want. And I felt like God was saying, it's on the table. It's here for the taking. Do you want this? Do you really want this? And I was like, Lord, he's just offering it to me. He's just setting it here on me. This verse, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, he didn't just say with joy, but with all joy and peace, shalom, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow, overflow with abundant hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my heart leapt out of my chest. I, I seriously couldn't believe that I would have just read that verse after re- praying that prayer. And I felt like God was just opening the door and saying, hey, uh, I got a journey for you. Are you interested? And I'm like, yes, count me in. That's where I want to go. That's what I want to be. Uh, I, and and um, ever since then, you know, I've just I've I've just I have the same struggles, same frustrations, same issues in my life that, you know, cause uh, consternation or, or pain or whatever. But I found myself. Going into those, maybe it's at work where I have difficult situations there. And I, and I find myself um, thinking about going into kind of, in the past, I would go into despair or frustration or, you know, tearful prayers or whatever. And I would say, okay, how would the happiest guy I know handle this situation? <laughs> and then I would just smile and I look up to the Lord. So I almost like he'd wink at me and say, yeah. And I, I'm just like, this is really different. This is a totally different way of a perspective of, of life. Okay, now before I get too far down this road, I, I need to back up here for a minute and, and point out two critical pieces that are in this verse that we can't skip over because they're, they're the heartbeat of this verse. Yes, he's, he's offering off this great promise, but there's, there's a couple of preconditions, so to speak, that, that are buried in this verse that you've got to see. So he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, or in your faithing. It's, it's a weird, um, in the Greek, it's a weird construction. Uh, but the idea seems to be that it is as I am living out my faith, as I'm living out my belief, as I am strengthening the muscles of my trusting in him. And, and as I do that, that's the ground that God can use. I need to be exercising my trusting muscles and, and then God can pour into that the joy and hope and peace that he wants to give us. But it it comes when we are exerting faith in him. But of course, the other side of that is the end of the verse. He will cause you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is him doing it in us. So even though I am exerting faith in it's that even exerting faith is not enough unless the Holy Spirit is pouring it in. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing to me that he, he, he talks about the power. You know, we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. We think of, you know, miraculous power to to, to heal the sick and, and, and raise the dead or whatever. And that's true as well. But in this verse, the key theme is the power of, of the Holy Spirit to fill you with joy and hope and peace. And that to me is the most extraordinary thing that I could ever want. And in the days ever since uh, this this revelation, I've just been looking at life entirely different. And, and, and the joy of the Lord has been becoming my strength. It's becoming my hope. And again, it's, it's not about the circumstances. Those haven't changed. It's about a, a new perspective on what is the true reality of the universe. It's that the Holy Spirit is filling me with joy. And um, I, I shared this with one of my good friends. And he said, you know, it's really interesting um, that you pull that verse out of Romans because I've been studying through Romans too, And that reminds me of the verse that I've been stuck on that really dovetails with that in a strange way. Um, and he, he took me back to Romans chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 2 and 3, where it says, um, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, a character hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And I sat there and thought through the just the, you know, the parallels between those two verses and I realized, yes, this is exactly it. It's like he doesn't say that we rejoice despite our sufferings. Paul says he rejoices not only in the glory of God, but also he rejoices in our sufferings. Why? We rejoice in our sufferings because we know what they are producing. We know what they are generating in our life, what they are forging in our hearts. The sufferings are an an integral part of what God is doing in our lives. And so we, we can genuinely rejoice when we encounter sufferings because we know that the loving God who created us is using them to forge something that is so eternally beautiful that once we, once we see the finished product, we will be absolutely in awe of what he has wrought in our lives, in our souls. And it, it comes as the sufferings are part of that. And so the sufferings don't diminish our joy. They can enhance our joy. And they can en- enhance our hope because we can see God is not finished with me yet. He is working through. He is doing something mighty and powerful. So guys, I just I want to I want to really just encourage you right now. I want to just exhort you because I imagine that some of you are like me, that you've you've lived a life that's just been um, if you're if you're anything like me, you've lived a life that's been marked by lots of sadness, um, lots of of low times, and um, and you know I may have more of those in the future, but right now I can tell you. That I am thrilled with a thought that God is, through his Holy Spirit, he is producing in me a new type of joy and hope and peace that I believe it is truly, literally possible that someday I will be able to say, I really am, I don't know anybody who's happier than me. I don't know anybody who's more joyful than me. I really honestly don't know anybody. And that's, I'm I'm still a long ways off because I know a lot of joyful people and I rejoice in that. But I am on that climb. And uh, I just want to encourage you to come with me. Join me in the climb. And I'm going to pray for you right now if you're facing any of that. So God, I pray for the guys that are listening to me right now. And some of them um, can relate with my frustrations, my life of grief and pain and manic depression and just all the stuff that I've, you know, the black moments that I've wrestled with on and off for decades. And Lord, I pray for those guys who are there too, maybe even right now. And um, and maybe maybe somebody even sent this podcast to them because they knew they could use some truth, some light to pour into their darkness and into the dark hearts. And I just believe that as you offered it to me, You are offering it to them. You're setting it on the table and you're just saying, hey, I'm not going to force this on you, but are you interested? And Lord, when you said that to me, my heart just leapt and I said yes. And I pray right now that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would just infuse a new hope and a new peace and a new joy into these guys' lives that would, would not be contingent upon their circumstances, would not be diminished by their sufferings, it would be increased. That what the devil intended for evil, you intend for good. That you want them to know the joy that surpasses understanding. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. Thank you for filling us with your joy so that we could glorify you. Because Lord, I don't think there's anything that would glorify you more than if people looked at me and said, wow, you really are the happiest guy I know. And I could just point to you and say, it's all about him. I rejoice in who he is and what he's done. And he's made me this way and he can make you this way too. And Lord, I just pray that you would ignite these guys' lives that are listening to me right now. Ignite them with a new joy. In Jesus' name, amen.